Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Hello and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Football Social Daily Podcast. It's the only place where you can get your daily Premier League podcasts from the best league in the world. Uh, today we've got a fair bit to talk about. Um, I know it was only Carabao Cup last night, lads, but we are going to talk through what's going on tonight because it genuinely does look quite a decent uh, programme of fixtures tonight for once, uh, which is weird for the League Cup. Very much a headline act to last night's sort of warm-up, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, to do that uh, in the studio, we've got Fergal Brennan, Arsenal fan. Hello, hello, hello. And we've got Phil Hudson, uh, a Newcastle fan. Hello. Hello. We're not <laughs> not great at getting through in cups, are we? we no, I mean, my, our interest in the Carabao Cup, Marley, finishes in <laughs> August. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, tonight, we've got a decent-looking three games tonight, and we've got one, which is, you know, Chelsea versus Man United, which is uh, the rematch of the, the game earlier in the season, the first game of the season where um, Chelsea ran out 4-0 losers to Man United, and it was sort of one of them... One of the things, wasn't it, where everyone was like, oh, Christ, Man United might be great this season, but it's yeah. turned out to everything's gone backwards <laughs> from then. So yep. it's almost like, is it going to be repeat or revenge? Uh, we've also got Liverpool versus Arsenal tonight, which should be a, a decent game uh, at Anfield. And then we've got a, a Midlands derby with Villa and Wolves as well. Um, so three all Premier League clashes. Um, where do we start on that? How is it going to be tonight? Uh, should we go to Liverpool Arsenal? Kick off. It's, it's, would you say that's a bigger game than Chelsea United? Just about ish. Um, I, I think know, it's. Yeah. I think it's a big game for Emery. Yeah. I, I think Emery. I think Emery's got to look at this and go. I am going to target the League Cup now. Yeah. So I, I expect Arsenal to feel a very, very strong side compared to what Liverpool feel. Well, I think it comes down to. I think Emery's intention will be to feel a, feel the stronger side, but I don't think Arsenal have the players. I think <laughs> Liverpool's kind of. 18 to 25 numbers in their squad is much stronger than Arsenal's. Arsenal have got maybe 15 or 16 players that can be rotated and can play first-team football, Premier League-level football, whereas Liverpool have probably got into the early 20s. They've almost got another 11 that they can bring in. So I think Emery will he will field a stronger side than maybe you would anticipate in a League Cup game, but I don't think that will be able to match what Liverpool can match. 
the way, the way we're looking at it. And he's also left out uh, Louise Shaka, obviously, and Abamyang. So I think that the kind of spine of the team—it's not the strongest spine. It's kind of a spine made out of made out of breadsticks. <laughs> but um, imagine, imagine being devastated about feeling the side that's got Pepe, Lacazette. It's it's how the other half leaves. Yeah, no, 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 I mean, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Oh my before, god, it's made before, of breadsticks. I don't know how you're going to cope, Fergal. Before <laughs> I get seated at the executive table, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not crying poor mouth on this. I'm just saying that Liverpool have got a much better backup than Arsenal have. So I, what I'm saying is, Arsenal I think will field a stronger team than you would expect them to field, but it's still not nearly as strong as Liverpool's. Yeah, I do. I think I think in the situation, like I was looking at the record before we started recording, we haven't won at Anfield in seven years, and that's included. Conceding four goals twice, conceding five goals twice, and conceding three goals back in the league in, in in August. So I take your point that yeah, Arsenal shouldn't be crying poverty over the players that they're playing, but our backup is way weaker than Liverpool's backup, and Liverpool have got the squad to to go across all these competitions. They've got better players, um, more experienced players, and players that are capable of, of getting results in these games. Arsenal don't. I wouldn't even be massively confident of Arsenal's first eleven beating. Liverpool's kind of not second 11 but half first 11 half second 11 that's the situation that we're in at the minute that's where Liverpool have got so good isn't it I mean they've added depth so they can play their midfield three with like Fabinho Wijnaldum and Henderson and then they've got players like Cater and Oxley chamberlain played great uh, yep. in the Champions League a couple of weeks ago didn't he so they've really added these uh, many strings to the bow and Arsenal just seem to be in a place at the minute where they can't quite work out who's the best fit because they play a sort of great football in the Europa League and then they come back to the league and it's like they're trying to shoehorn everyone in and it's it's awkward. Well, that's the one potential saving grace, I think, for Arsenal tonight in that if Emery follows the path that he's done in the Europa League and play first-team players that are coming back from injury, the likes of Bayerin, Kieran Tierney, who's been excellent, Rob Holden at centre-back, and a few of the kids, Bukayo Sacco, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, Martinelli, who's been, who's been fantastic in the Europa League. But I also think there's going to be a temptation because he is under a bit of pressure because he knows he's got such a terrible record at Anfield that he'll only play a few of them and he'll try and play a few more experienced names in order to to row against Liverpool. But as, as Marley said, Liverpool have got players that have barely played this season. Oxlade-Chamberlain, Keita, as you mentioned, someone like Origi, someone like Lalana, Joe Gomez, Dayan Lovren. Arsenal don't have those players. You know, if, if we take out um, Aubameyang, who's Arsenal's leading goalscorer so far this season and their best player... Who's the person to replace him? Martinelli. He's been good in in Europa League games, but this is what I say: Is Lacazette not fit? Lacazette, but he's but he's not he's coming. He's back, not going to. He? He's not the same level as Aubameyang, and I don't think he'll necessarily risk him in this game either because he's not really played much. Would would Arsenal fans really be in favour of Lacazette playing if he's not fit and then potentially getting injured and not being able to play in the league? It's like Arsenal fan TV. This now, fam. <laughs> listen, fam, listen, fam, blood. Listen, blood. You listen, know, blood. You you're not feeling me, all right? You're not feeling uh, me, okay? Honestly, before we move on to them, honestly. <laughs> I, I've, I'm trying not to swear when these guys come up because it's just it's horrific those guys well, like, embarrassing. It's, yeah, absolute, embarrassing. it's toxic to a yeah. football club isn't it that right everyone's sort of followed them haven't they but every club's got one now oh but, we've got the that knacker the true Geordie haven't we yeah. but he's like developed on and stuff and goes into like mental well-being but it's interesting yeah. cause we were gonna, I know we are going to talk about Jacker and you know sort of toxic fan base and stuff and it, mm-hmm. it feels like a sort of natural segue because you know, you've, you've alluded to that Arsenal offered him counselling to cope with the... Well, we might as well move on now. We're talking about we're talking about Arsenal. We'll come back to Chelsea uh, in, a, in a little while. But yeah, the, um, the Arsenal have said this this uh, last 24 hours or so that he's going to be offered counselling to uh, combat what happened on Sunday when he was booed off and you know, turned around and told the fans where to go and what, what he thought of them and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, 
I think some, I don't know. Do we forget that the players are human as well? Is is there a point like where do, where do we stand on this? You know, he gets paid a hundred grand a week. He's he's out there in the public eye. Do we forget sometimes that that these players can be susceptible to you know depression, all you know, all the rest of it, all that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah, in a, in a word, yeah. It's a heavy think, one for think, a Wednesday yeah, morning, think, isn't it? Do. I, yeah. think, I think, Ars, I, personally, I think there's a big difference between Arsenal offering him counselling and Xhaka taking the counselling. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Because I think, so, but I think Arsenal probably do have a duty <clears throat> of care to an employee to ensure that his mental health is sound. So I think Arsenal, Arsenal's HR department, more than anything else, are probably driving this. That being said, I think it does raise a wider question. Um, and, and what I always say about, you know, everyone is like, if I make a mistake in my job, yeah, I probably get a bit of a bollocking or, you know, whatever, and it can cost my business money, but I don't get 50,000 people telling me I'm shit. Screaming at Yeah, it is a big it is a big difference. And yeah. anyone who saw Jack's reaction on Saturday sort of probably has a degree of sympathy for him yeah. um, because it, it was really vitriolic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember... Being at St James is the last time I saw someone do something like that. Apart from maybe when Scott Parker swore at the East Stand, <laughs> but but even then he didn't get the whole ground on him. Yeah, yeah. and Jack is not that bad. Fer- yeah. Fergal's eyes have just gone. Yeah, <laughs> Fergal's got full beam on me there. Yeah, but like he's not that bad. I've seen I've seen a lot of people, um, Arsenal fans on social media in in the sort of three days that it's been since, saying that <clears throat> they weren't booing him; they were booing the fact that. He was too slow to get off the pitch, and it's like Piers Morgan driven yeah. horse. Oh, it's like, yeah. come on, is that's that's not right? Like, there's many ways of you know. You there's like a you could sort of murmur. There's there'd be it'd be obvious what you were doing to tell him to hurry up without shouting boo and and get off and get yeah yeah and you know everything else that everybody said. That bloke in the dressing gown probably had a bit to say, didn't he? <laughs> he was stood there in his dressing gown with I'm going to string you up by my uh, by my robe and all the rest of it. But you know what, I don't know what do you, what's your what's your take think, on it? I Virgil? think there's, there's, there's great areas in all this. First of all, you know we chatted about this on Monday's podcast. Uh, the word toxic is the right word. The way Arsenal Arsenal fans are one, some of the most fickle and divided and two faced fan bases in the Premier League. They really, really are. Their attitude towards players, their attitude towards managers, their attitude towards the team, the club, each other is ridiculous. And you know, Arsenal fan TV, we joke and, and all the rest of it, but they are. They're an embarrassment. They're an embarrassment because they are the rest of the Premier League's view or representation of Arsenal Football Club or as Phil said Piers Morgan you know when everyone racks up their celebrity fans and you know you've got a few good ones you've got a few bad ones Yeah, Piers Morgan like I, I just I don't, I don't even know what to do with that information whenever his name comes up but going back to Shaka, my issue I, I have two issues with Shaka, which are his performances haven't been fantastic you're right he hasn't been awful but his performances haven't been up to scratch and I never agreed with him being made captain but that isn't Granite Shaka's fault when this whole ridiculous thing at the start of the season of a captaincy group happened, then that got binned off. Okay. Then they let the players vote for who was going to be captain. And Shaka was made captain and Ozil was made vice captain. And I made the point, joking, half joking on Monday about him being a bit of a playground bully and, and the perception of him in this team. And that is true because you look at the players in those in, in the Arsenal team, in the Arsenal squad now, there isn't somebody that's going to say to Shaka, no, 
you're not the leader of this team. You've not got the right mentality. You've not got the right attitude. And even down to a bit of, you know, kind of old school, nah, you're just not doing it. I'm the boss, or at least I'm saying you're not the boss. He's in a situation whereby I think the other players, I'm not going to say they're scared of him, but I don't think they are. But for, for the type of players that Arsenal have at the moment, he is the most vocal, the most aggressive it doesn't really count for anything because it doesn't translate to anything on the pitch. But within the context of the Arsenal team, he is that style. He is the only real style uh, in that mould, and, and that's why he's been given the captaincy. All the stuff that's come with him, Emery has to shoulder that. It's Emery is the manager. He made the decision to have the captaincy group, which was wrong. He made the decision to let the players allowed to vote, which is wrong and ridiculous. And then he implemented the decision by saying, "Yeah, Shaka, you can be the captain." When all the warning signs were there for him to go, right, the captaincy group didn't work, the players' vote was a bit of a controversial thing. I'm the manager, just like every other manager in the Premier League or every other manager in professional football, I will implement the captain as being the player that will push my ideas on the pitch as best as possible. And and that just hasn't happened. So, yeah, Shaka's got a lot of shit for this. And, and the situation at the weekend when he got booed off is, is wrong. He didn't deserve that. His performances and his role as captain shouldn't be the way they are, but it isn't solely his fault. And he bears the brunt of it. You know, as, as Phil said, none of us in our own job have 50,000 people screaming at us or, or waving their dressing gown cords at us when, you know, we're just trying to trying to get out the office at the end of the day. Maybe we do. I don't know. I Molly does. I can't speak for you, Phil. Yeah. Molly spends a lot of time on social media. <laughs> yeah. So Mo- Molly probably does. I instigate all this. <laughs> this is all me. I'm just well, pulling the he, strings. Just he was playing the one that found the dressing gown, man. I hadn't even seen it until my like, like, up. He's like the big bad, Molly. He's yeah. like the... He's the guy who lurks in the background just causing these storms on... Yeah. I'm the puppet master. Trying, to, yeah, yeah, trying exactly, to pull yeah. Arsenal fan TV to bits, which yeah. which hopefully you will do, Marley. One I day. was the guy who nicked the ladder's hat. Did you see God. that one? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he got his hat nicked. Oh, it's hilarious! But I don't don't go don't go watch it because you're just giving them what they want, which is <laughs> yeah, more well, views, and... more clicks, more views. But exactly to, but... to go back to the mental health idea, yeah, it is only right. And as you say, duty of care as an employer, Arsenal should be doing this. But Arsenal, Emery, the players, everyone else should be asking themselves: Have we played a role in Shaka being you know nailed to the cross like this? Have we? Could we all have done this better? Can we make changes? Can we alter this? Blah 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 blah. If they rip the captaincy off him, which they won't do, that. That's just going to make it even worse. He shouldn't have been given it in the first place. I wouldn't take it off him right now because it's going to make the situation 10 times worse. My personal opinion on this is wait until the end of the season when things have calmed down, you have a proper conversation about it. You say, for whatever reason, maybe you're not up to it. Maybe it isn't your job. Maybe it's too much pressure. You take the captaincy off him then. You give it to another player. But Who? right, my vote was Bayern but obviously he was injured when the, this ridiculous vote was done. I think he, he ties in with the idea of, I don't like this moniker of gets the club, but he, he does seem to be relatively committed. He enjoys playing for the club. There doesn't seem to be any potential of him moving on in the near future. That partly due to the fact that the bad injury he got might have you know set him back a little bit. But again, I do think he's a leader and and he and he doesn't play with the same pressure that Shaka does. You see Shaka playing, particularly when you watch him live. He, he he feels like he has to make that tackle, or he has to crash into someone, or he has to be screaming at someone. And you just think it doesn't have to be that way to be a captain. You can lead in many many different ways. And if you are going to be that type of captain, you need to make sure you are making that tackle. He can't really tackle. You need to make sure you are kind of bullying people. He's not very really good at that. You need to make sure you are encouraging teammates. And he's not very really good at that. I think it, the, the situation is, we just need to accept, accept Granit Xhaka's not a very good captain, but it doesn't mean that he's a terrible player or deserves to be treated the way that he is. OK, Phil, how does this situation end? Does Xhaka leave? Does he Does he turn it around? Ultimately, Xhaka will leave. Right. In that, January or...? Probably not in January. But because... 
it's going to be very difficult for Arsenal to replace him. Mm. But long term, I think he'll leave. I think he'll leave in the summer. Where does he go if he does leave? Back to Germany. Back to Germany, Germany or mid-table Premier League side. I'd have him. I'd, I'd have Xhaka. Would, would you rather have Xhaka playing in midfield or Matty Longstaff at the moment? Well, we've only got <laughs> two centre midfielders <laughs> fit, haven't we? Um, Hayden's back. Ne- Hayden's oh. back next. Better question. Hayden's back next week. Yeah, from suspension. Xhaka or Hayden? Well, <laughs> I think Xhaka would look a serious player in Newcastle United's team. I think he'd look a great player in someone like a Watford's team or a you know Palace's team. I think. I think. Arsenal fans and this isn't I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Arsenal fans mm. but they've been spoiled for so long because they've been so good great centre midfielders haven't they yeah, no. for so many great midfield players yeah. and you've got one who's not amazing yeah. but he's, he's a very very solid Premier League midfielder yeah. it's just because of that club and that culture that it's very very in vogue to criticise the players who play for Arsenal Football Club that that I think he doesn't get the credit he necessarily deserves. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a great player, mm. and I think what one of the points Fergus is, he very much lives on the edge for me. So he is always the one that careers into that tackle. So his disciplinary record shocking because he because he often gets himself caught out like that. But I think if you put him in a, a shirt of any side outside of the top sort of six or seven Premier League clubs, he looked like a good player. And I think that's part of it. I, I almost think five, ten years ago, he'd have been he'd be getting away with a lot more. Like you cannot, as you say, live on the edge as he does now, where he's always won not not horrendous tackle, but just late tackle, missed time tackle away from a second jello and getting sent off, and then a huge part of your central midfield is, is is ripped out. And I think to go back to what Phil said about Arsenal, I fully agree. This bratish mentality from the Arsenal fan TV crowd and a lot of Arsenal fans does come from that. Not only because they've been spoiled, but also because it's. It's a culture that's been allowed to develop of not just it's okay to criticise, it's encouraged to criticise. Criticise the players, criticise the manager. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know... I think that's the age we live in, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's social it's, media no, and stuff. Is, but but Arsenal, Benga, one of the, sorry, Arsenal fans are one of the forerunners of this. Yeah. Wenger changed Maybe. Arsenal Football Club mm. fundamentally forever. But, that's, but that's, that's born out of this idea from Arsenal fans that ridiculously, stupidly, idiotically, they believed, oh, it'll just be us in United forever and you know we'll just keep walking off into the sunset. Mm. Oh, Chelsea were decent, but then they dropped off. And City, you know, these idiots that are oh, City flashing the pan, Liverpool, you know, they never managed to do it. City and Liverpool are better than Arsenal have been for over 15 years. And there's still these Arsenal fans, as you say, living in the past. And this, this snobbish, brattish attitude, it drives me mad because... As I said about 10 minutes ago, the, the bit that annoys me is that the public perception of, of Arsenal is these idiots, not just Arsenal fan TV, which, you know, I, I, I do have to take the bullets for that, but these yeah. other fans, you have yeah. to, they, they're just idiots and you have to just go, and then you've got Mr. Morgan on the top of all that, where <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh yeah, but, ah, oh, no, I've got yeah, him fun. as well. It just, it just keeps, it just keeps rolling. Well, okay, right. We'll wrap, we'll wrap, I feel like we, it rolled. It rolled. We could be here for a while, um, so we'll wrap that up. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back on the football social daily. We'll be talking about Chelsea versus Man United tonight, and then we'll be moving on to ask a question, which is, and I'll let you think about this over the break. If you could introduce one rule into football, what would it be? We'll be back soon. Football social daily Premier League updates. Sports social. Hello and welcome back to Football Social Daily. Don't forget you can download our Sports Social Alexa app from the Amazon uh, Amazon Store. You can get all real, real time, real voice, Fergal's voice actually, um, <laughs> this week. Uh, 
everything you need on your club. So you can ask Alexa to enable Sports Social. You can say, give me my latest Arsenal news and it'll be Fergal in a depressed manner saying, everything's going wrong, Jacques needs counselling, <laughs> everyone needs sold. Um, and you can get that and it's everything you need whenever you want on your Alexa Amazon smart, smart speaker. But now we're going to move on to the second, uh, do a quick little bit on the second, well, the second of three Carabao Cup games tonight. It's Chelsea versus Man United. Is it repeat or is it revenge from the earlier game this season where United ran out 4-0 winners? I can't see anything but a Chelsea win. Okay, that wraps that up. Yeah, that was that was short <laughs> and sweet. Yeah. Uh, oh God, how do I extend that when I, when I agree with him completely? Yeah, no, I do. And I think the interesting one here is Carabao Cup. Generally, you pay the kids. Chelsea are playing the kids in the first team now, so they're going to play the first team. Yep. United are, you know, forget about the Norwich resort of the weekend. There's still major issues. Uh, yeah, no, I'd agree. Chelsea and and I think Chelsea would be comfortable. Chelsea, I tell you what, this transfer ban could be the best thing that could happen to Chelsea. Yeah. It's worked out so well, hasn't it? So Lampard, Lampard, I was a little bit sceptical when they appointed him, but he's doing the job that Man United envisaged Solskjaer doing, I think. He's refreshed the whole thing. He's got them playing better football without Aiden Hazard. Well, I think the interesting bit with the two of them is... You know, other fan, non-Chelsea or non-United fans try and mock United and Chelsea fans by saying neither of them would have got the respective jobs if they hadn't been yada 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 yada. Which there is some there is some truth to. But the thing with Lampard is, which Solskjaer doesn't have. You look at that Chelsea team. As you say, he's got a way of playing. He's got them playing in a specific way. They've they've really moulded well to a three-five-two. Young players, right at the heart of it, right through the middle of the team. They've got a, You know, if you're playing Chelsea at the weekend, you know how they're going to play. You know they've got a system. You look at United. You struggle to know who's going to be in the starting eleven. You struggle to know where the threats are going to be. And and I don't mean this in a compliment in that it's like, oh, they'll catch you on the hop. No, I mean this as in, I don't think Solskjaer even knows. Yeah, who, he doesn't, nobody really seems to know. And then well, there was also at the weekend against Norwich. It seems like, oh, all's forgiven. Like, come on, Norwich, Norwich at the minute are the worst team in the league. You should be going away and beating them, even if you have just come back from the Europa League. There's still big, big problems for United. Well, the thing that surprised me about United is... Um, Mason Greenwood played last night in the Checker Trade Trophy. Scored a belter as well. Yeah, he scored a great goal, but I, you know, I would have thought he'd be getting a chance tonight. I think the likes of um, Brandon Williams at left back is is set to start. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe they're going for, maybe they're going all out for it. Sol- Solskjaer might play Martial and Rashford and just and just hope for a cup run to try and try and um, you know make him stronger. When the end of the season comes and, he, and then he's like, oh, look, I got to the semi-final of the Carabao Cup or whatever, you know. Maybe he's going real deep state on us all and they're going full out for the Checker Trade Trophy. Maybe, Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's thinking this is where, this is where we're going to build. It's the one build. everyone wants to win, isn't it? Yeah, we're not going yeah. grassroots. We're going under, under underground routes. That's how deep we're going. We're going to play Greenwood in the Checker Trade tro- Checker Trade Trophy. It's really hard to and, say. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe that's his plan. But yeah. if, uh, I hope that's his plan because uh, unless he goes for it tonight against Chelsea this is a competition that they're out of can't see them necessarily pulling up any trees in the FA Cup Europa League might get a bit sticky for them when the Champions League side start dropping down and as for the Premier League they'll be very lucky if they get top 6 top 7 to get the Europa again I honestly think so mm-hmm. anything else for that Phil? No, Chelsea win Stamford Bridge as well So I think that's pretty much at the nail on the head to be honest done and dusted yep. yeah alright let's move on <laughs> so let's move on um, this is a question I posted on the Sports Social Facebook and Twitter pages uh, a little while back and it was just one where it was where everyone was whining on about VAR and I just got sick of VAR and then I thought what would you do if you were the PGMOL or whoever the governing body whoever it was 
if you could introduce one semi-realistic rule into football, what would it be? So I'll start with Phil because Phil, I think it has a. Uh, I've, I've got two. I've got two. One was. One you can I, have two. Go on. I can have two. I, I <laughs> well, you I can. The first one quick. Yeah. All right. So one was one I talked about on the podcast a while ago to take all the teams playing in Europe out of the Carabao Cup. So straight away, you reduce the fixture burden on, on English sides playing in Europe. Okay. And you create a realistic cup competition that non-elite clubs can win. And what would the reward be for winning it? The same? Possibly possibly going to Europa League. Europa League, yeah. yeah. But you, you, it's, it's about... It's a, bit, it's a bit of a socialist sort of competition policy, I suppose. But, but, but We're it, all in favour of that. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but certainly like Man City, Liverpool... Man United, they, they don't want the distraction of the Carabao no. Cup. They've, they've got too many games. They've got loads of group games in the Europa League. Wolves are a great example of that. If you're in Europe, you're not playing in the Carabao Cup. And I'd agree with that because inevitably what tends to happen, if you're a championship or a League One side or, or a lower half Premier League team, you do well in the Carabao Cup and you get to the quarters and the semis. And then, you get, like, then you get humped off Man City. Yeah, and then Man City <laughs> go, oh, actually, no, we'll, we'll bring another six players in and we'll just yeah. beat you. When they're not even bothered. Yeah. They're just doing it out of, I don't want to say cruelty, but they're almost doing it out of just necessity yeah. and, it, and it completely demeans the competition exactly, exactly that the other one which is a bit more out there which, which here I, we I, go I, there's a smirk on your face I don't so know what's coming I want to I want to create a collective wealth in the Premier League I want to not have any idea where clubs own players I want to fuck that off and make it like the NFL right? oh so the Premier like a draft League, yeah the Premier League right. own 300 players Okay. So when such and such goes from such and such, the Premier League buy that player. Yeah? Right. And then we have a draft. And then So like an intra league yeah, system. system. So Serie A so, would sell yeah, a, a, Serie player. A sell uh, Lukaku back to the Premier League. Right. <clears throat> and then, then it's drafted. The team that finishes last <laughs> in the Premier League gets or, or gets promoted into the Premier League. Yeah. Gets first pick. And then, then you'll see how good a coach Guardiola is. <laughs> That's what all this policy has been geared around towards. You've gone the long way around to but go. What about promotion and relegation? Well, if you finish bottom, you get relegated. So you'd still have yeah, so you still have new yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of franchises up, coming in. The team that goes up through the playoffs, right, get first pick. The team that comes up as runner-up gets second pick. The team that wins the league in the championship gets third pick. Then seventeenth, fourth pick, and so on. But it was. It is radical. I tell you what, it's radical. But it's also, bloody it gives radical. You, yeah. It gives you a wage strata that that means that if the Premier League think that Romelu Lukaku is worth three hundred thousand pounds a week, that's market forces are at play. It's yeah. not about an agent leveraging Inflating or driving the, yeah. the, the factors. Yeah. But also, it's not as outlandish as you think because the NFL has the best sports TV deal in the world. Mm-hmm. So, if like you're it dwarfs at, the yeah, Premier League. If you're looking yeah. to protect revenues and things like that, mm. the, the, a competitive league is what you need. So all of a sudden, Burnley have as much of a chance of winning the Premier League because all the revenues are centralised. Burnley have as much chance of winning the Premier League as Manchester City or as whoever it might be. There's still value in the individual And it franchises. levels the playing field far totally more than anything else. It levels the playing field. And then you, and you, reset, you hit the reset button every two years or something. Well, that's an interesting point with the, with the TV deal because it's the most common argument that gets used by the Premier League, by the FA, by, by fans... Um, basically by Tory fans of oh yeah but what about the money we'll lose and you just want to say shut up like might- if, you, if you used any sort of common business sense towards this or any sort of fair business sense you'd realise that there's more than enough money to go around and as, as Phil said revenue is never going to be damaged never going to be damaged because Premier League football remains a hugely viable product the other thing you do is you put of your 25 man squad you say seven players must be English and must come from your academy 
Okay. So there's still a huge mm. incentive to do. Oh, Chelsea would be all right then. Yeah. So there's still a huge incentive to develop your own players. Yeah. Because at the moment there just isn't. It's, it's quota filling, and and I yeah, think some of the big I mean, sides are quite open about that. Where they're like, yeah. oh, I'll bring X in, so I don't fall out with the Premier Scott, League. Scott Carson, Rob Green, yeah, Grant at Man United. Yeah, it's a growing trend that, and it's it's one that kind of annoys me because. And it'll continue as, as it, long as that remains the li- uh, uh, placeholders. Yeah, to- totally bonkers. We'd still be relegated because we still have Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But- Granite Shaka and the, the managers on draft as well because we, we, oh, we could I'd take my chances that, on having you know one That'll of be, the other ones. Yeah, you put the managers in there as well. Managers going to the pop. Yeah. So if you so you 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 you've got first pick. You might go. Yeah. Right, I want I want Klopp. Yeah, yeah. For the next two years, irrespective of who we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the value of having Klopp as my manager is worth more than the value of having. Mo Salah up front yeah and if you yeah. win the league you get Steve Bruce you're never going to win it again yeah. <laughs> but we'd see the real Steve Bruce we'd but see, we would. Yeah, we'd see exactly. what he's like kicking it with exactly. the big boys yeah uh, okay um, can I have two I'll have one small one and one, one main one following on from, from what Phil said uh, a money related one uh, Premier League clubs duty bound to uh, hand over a percentage of their annual revenue to the Football League to be retained in a pot so that we don't see situations like Berry with clubs going out of business and everyone pretending ah oh, I haven't got I just haven't a penny on me haven't a penny that that can exist free out of control of the Premier League free out of control of anyone that has their fingers in other pies that money can be held to be used as an emergency fund for teams in genuine need it needs to be ratified and it needs to be legislated by an independent body but it, there needs to be a situation where we can't have teams like the situation with Berry, where they just fall out of extinction and I think the most sickening thing about Berry, and as I mentioned before is the attitude of people saying oh, we just don't have the money there's just there's no money oh, there's no, no money which is lies think, I don't think anyone said that they didn't have the money no 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 people the Ken league, Wright, and, and Ken Wright offered Bill Kenwright offered wanted to give Berry a million quid yeah and, and this, but he was, the league rules said he couldn't but that's, yeah, a, but that's, that's well, an example the league rules said oh it'd be a conflict of interest to keep the, them afloat my my my, my I like the sentiment behind that. My bigger issue is that Berry went out of existence because they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed the budgets way beyond what a credible business should have done. The board did. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. But but there's got to be some punishment for that. There should be, but that, that's what I'm saying is that this would be an independently regulated body that would organise this money, and they would look at a system of checks and balances and say. Are you in need of this? What are you in need of? Has this money been lost through bad management? Basically, a, a body that would look at, say, what's been lost through bad management and what's been lost through bad luck. Okay, so in that instance, what happens to Bury? They're still, they're still, status quo still the same? Well, the status quo will be the situation whereby their... Bad situ- management? Yeah, exactly. So, but the club and the fans shouldn't be punished for that. It's and bad, now okay. they have so been. You, so okay, Steve, Steve, Dale, Steve Dale's fine. You keep the club in existence, but you take them all the way down to the bottom of the pyramid. With a sub, with a, because that's what you'd have to do. Hmm, but what what would Berry fans prefer? prefer? No, no, you're right. You, and, and I think that's that's the situation. We've, we've had this with clubs before when they've gone to the wall. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily football league clubs, non-league clubs, where they've had to go down. I do the pyramid. I would say that the increased inf- influx of cash into the Premier League does have a trickle down effect into the football league. It does, but it's it's a trickle. That's exactly what it is. But but, but like, but and sorry, and the ago, argument from- cost to buy Aidan Flint is he the kid who's gone to play? Uh, not Aiden, Webster. Webster. Adam Webster. Webster. Went to Brighton. Yeah, twenty million. It cost twenty million to buy. Ten years ago, what's he cost? Oh. Two million? Yeah. What if he moved ten years ago? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. The, the, mentality, Two, five, the mentality can't be. Bristol from... City then replace him yeah. with a player from the lower league who costs two million instead of costing two hundred fifty thousand or whatever it might be. So right. there is there is but a trickle down. That's how the there trickle is. Down yeah. I, I agree with that, but I, I do think we need to be careful that we don't get into a situation where 
championship clubs, League One clubs are almost grateful. You know, the Oliver yeah, Twist scenario. No, I, I do know. We, we, need, we need to be careful that we don't get into that situation as well because, yes, it is a trickle, and yet, but there's no favours being done. Brighton wanted Adam Webster and they knew they had to pay that for him. You know, it's, it's still market value. They're not they're not really doing anyone any favours <clears throat> in that sense. But I think that could be something that could be looked at. It would need a lot of regulation. It would need a lot of organisation. But we, we can't have it because this will continue to happen. Next season, there'll be another berry, if not two or three berries, if we're not careful. And we could lead to a situation that we do not want to be in. But aside from money, one thing that I would like to change in-game, because it drives me mad watching, not just Arsenal, watching any team, short corners drives me absolutely insane I've I've never seen I've never <laughs> seen all the rules to I've change never, so what I would do is and it, and it would get rid of it overnight I'd start booking people for taking short corners <laughs> so my rule would be a corner needs to cross the first line of the 18 yard box for it to be ruled as in play right the simple idea being have we have we seen for, for our clubs for any team have we seen a short corner routine work the amount of times teams and the amazing bit is, is managers a short corner breaks down team loses the ball the team gets broken on and the opposition either has a chance to score or scores managers will never call, call it out a fullback loses the ball in open play in a similar situation the manager will call them out for it and say X lost the ball there they broke on us and scored and my biggest thing is within this as well is if you're the designated corner taker for your team that's because you've either put your hand up in training or mm. throughout your career you've been a corner taker one of, one of the reasons why you were bought for that club is the scout would have gone down the checklist and gone, he can take a corner, he can take a good corner. And then all of a sudden, you're at the highest level, you're at the Premier League, and what is it, your nerves go? Your, your bottle goes and you're like, do you know what, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it in, I'm going to need another metre. Can, can someone, and also, how is this worked on in training where if you're the, you know, kind of maybe the small central midfielder or a small fullback where the manager goes, right, we're going to do set pieces today. Your job is to go and stand next to him when he takes a corner and you're just going to trap it. And we're going to do that 50 <laughs> times whilst the big lads pile into the box. They're going to be attacking it. They're going to be defending it. Well, you imagine going home and saying, "Tough day at training today." Yeah, God, me, me, me heel is my heel could fall, my heel could fall <laughs> off. It's that painful, and they never ever work. And I just I don't see what advantage it gives. And and defending teams have stopped falling for it. Like they don't hair out now to block it down because they know that if you're going to whip it in, there's going to be a defender there in front of you and you need to block it. Yeah, they're just utterly pointless. Maybe booking people is a bit ridiculous, but I just like to see them just gotten rid of because they don't serve any purpose. Rant over. All right, that's uh, so that's Fergal's rant uh, over with his extreme booking everyone at corners routine, short corners. Um, let's read out some of the ones from the end of September where I put this uh, put this on our Facebook page uh, at the Sports Social uh, on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sports Social as well. Um, go and check out all the stuff we do. We do all the news and what have you, everything throughout the day, funny stuff, information stuff. Uh, and all little best bits from the podcast as well. Um, but here's some of the comments. So Mark Toon from the Facebook page has put, as they do in some other sports, the clock is stopped when the ball is not in play. So, for example, each game, instead of being 90 minutes, is probably reduced to 70 minutes, but it would be 70 minutes of actual playing time. That sounds all right, doesn't it? Yeah, because have you, have, you ever seen, yeah. have you ever seen that stat of ball in play? Isn't it? It's something like 45, 50 minutes in a 90-minute game. It's amazing, particularly it's when you're mental at, when you first at the ground. It. You see how little the ball is in play. Yeah, it's crazy. Like 
a match is very rarely 90 minutes of football. Like The players would be going out with cramp all the time. Book, is, them, book them for cramp. Book them, just say. book them for everything under you, wouldn't <laughs> it? Um, another one, first team to score wins if it's a draw at full time. Uh, so basically, golden goal every time. Okay. Uh, no offsides unless you're in the six-yard box. Uh, play continues whilst injuries are being treated unless very serious. That moves me on to my point. Right. So Those three are mental. Yeah, Sorry. They, they were mental. So Phil had his two... You had your two. My one of my two sort of relates to one of uh, one of that previous comment is when a player goes down on the pitch, and there's that sort of oh, should we kick the ball out? Should we not? All that has to happen is is what happens in rugby. The medic runs on and treats him, and you just carry on playing around him because if it's not a serious injury, the player will just get up. If it's uh, you know, a twisted ankle or, you know, an impact injury, it's a bit of freeze spray. There's no reason why the play can't carry on. You shouldn't have to stop, wait, assess him, drag him off the pitch. If it's a head injury, stop it, fine, because that could be very serious. However, if it's a knock, if it's a, you know, a stood down the on the top of the foot kind of thing and, it, and you just fall down, you need just that little 30 seconds just to recover, just let the medic come on. The referee, all he has to do is just wave the medic on and everything just carries on around him. Because um, I think, sorry, I was just going to say, I, I would on. agree with that because you've got a situation now where there's no firm rule on it and exactly. the players are ultimately deciding. The referee isn't saying, knock yep. the ball out, he's injured. So you can't have the players having that control because there's there's no way it can be fair and, and even-handed. Exactly. One guy says, power play, five minutes each half with no goalkeepers. That's never going to happen, Ian. <laughs> Ian Cook on the Facebook page, mate. I don't know what you're playing. Manager's three challenge system with a VAR. So you get a challenge-based system, which, again, you know, it could be a thing. But it could let, be, like in tennis. Let's, let's not go down the VAR rabbit hole yep. for another another podcast. Robert says, change offside to encourage goals, make it so there has to be daylight between the attacker and defender. That's a, yep. that's a genuine yep. one. That, 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 that could yep. come in. Um, this was an interesting one Adam Coyi could be like Stanford come on your irons or something like that anyway he says when a player misses a penalty from the keeper saving it he shouldn't be allowed to put in the rebound because it's given the penalty taker two opportunities to score so the current rule is if it comes off the post you're not allowed to touch it as the a, penalty taker yeah because really? it, yeah, yeah, it hasn't touched another person I never so it's that. essentially like you're passing it to yourself. So if a penalty comes off the post, it has and to be one of the players running in. Yeah, it has to be. So it has to touch someone else. If the goalie touches it onto the post and it comes back to like Aubameyang, you can put it in. But if he puts it in without anyone else touching it, he's essentially passed to himself. I never knew that. Look that up. If wow! It, no, no, no. I'm, I'm no. I'd, I'd never even thought of that. If anyone on the podcast is listening to that, that's a genuine rule. You never see it. Because usually it hits a post and goes somewhere else, yeah, yeah. or, bad, or, or gets cleared, or whatever. Say, yeah. yeah, but honestly, that's a, that's a genuine rule. But this guy says if it hits the goalie and comes back, he shouldn't be able to. He shouldn't be because able to score the it because he's it's almost a pass to yourself. Almost, and also he's he's probably getting at the fact that he's got an advantage by being yeah. stood five yards closer to anyone else. Joe Sudlow has wrote referee press conferences after the game. That way, they can explain decisions when they're made would bridge the gap between fans, players, and refs. No, I just think it, it again. It opens up another another Pandora's box. For me, it's like what we were saying before. When when you get fifty thousand people telling you you shit, all it's going to do, all that's going to do, is depress referees. And literally, because they can't get everything right, what are the questions going to be? They're not going to be, oh, that decision in the second minute where you didn't send him off. That was a great decision because it let the flow of the game. They're never going to get that. No. They're going to get why didn't you cross? Why didn't you send him off when he's when he's already been booked and he's had another foul on a booking and that kind of thing it's just I just don't get that because that 
being a referee is a lonely job anyway. If yeah. you then put them in front of the media more, surely that's that's bad. That's bad for the game. And Even also, though we'd all like to see it explained, putting them in front of the media is just input, putting them in front of another firing line for me. But they're also, they're not media trained, so how would you go about ensuring that they were saying the correct things, that they weren't potentially saying anything libel or, yeah. or, or against the rules of the game? And, and again, all you're going to get is referees coming out and saying... Oh, okay. Why didn't you give this yellow card for this? Yeah. He's going to say exactly which is what he did on the pitch was. In my opinion, in my professional opinion, in my training, it wasn't a foul, or it wasn't a booking, or it wasn't a red card. Exactly. So you're not really going to get any clarity because if I see an incident in a game where a player doesn't get booked and I disagree with that, all I'm going to think is, well, in the ref's opinion, which I don't agree with, that wasn't a foul. It, it makes no difference. Exactly. It's his opinion on the real time. Yeah. He's not going to make it. Yeah. You do it. He's not going to. He or she is not going to change their mind half an hour later in a press conference yeah, yeah. and nor is it going to change my perception of what happened exactly um, so that's some we've had on uh, on on social media um, you can get involved as I say uh, tweet us direct message do what you want um, send us send us some hate do what you want <laughs> go on Bookers, give, send give, us some yellow cards yeah give post. Fergal a yellow card give me a taste of what is on medicine uh, another one sorry just, just to finish off um, the last my second rule would be slightly more radical than the first one a 10 minute sin bin style for cynical fouling and the perfect example of it was at the weekend Matteo Genduzzi when he literally rugby tackled yep. Wilfred Zahar when Zahar would have I mean he had 80 yards to run but he was in well it wasn't seen as a red card because he wasn't close enough to the goal for it to be a clear goal scoring opportunity however it was a clear goal scoring opportunity and things like that when you're on when it's so cynical that you're clearly stopping something happening and stopping the flow of the game Sean Dyche said it a few weeks back maybe a couple of months ago now he said that everybody gets one chance to cheat and that's that's picking up a yellow card so mm. you're, you picking up a yellow card is your first chance to cheat and then if you do it again you get sent off however if you did a sin bin style thing you don't get a chance to cheat because then you're putting your team at a disadvantage for a limited period of time mm. you know it's like a power play almost yeah. thing you get Teams 10 minutes turn with, that around with 10 men yeah. So, Leicester, Leicester this season, when they've played against 10 men, they've scored 14 goals this season. Would it kind of operate in between a yellow and a red card? So it would be for those types of offences where you'd say, this yep. doesn't quite warrant a straight red or a second yellow? Yeah, for me, for me like a, a, a bad tackle where he, he tries to get the ball and he clips him could be a yellow card. When a centre midfielder loses it in the centre circle... Like he gets it stuck under his feet and he, uh, yeah. somebody nicks it off him and all he does is grab his shirt and pull him back. That's very, very cynical. It, it's obvious to, to see yeah, what, yeah. where the cynicism and the genuine attempt for a ball, where one is and one where the other is. So for me, it would be when you're being very cynical and you're interrupting, you've got no chance to play the ball, but it's not a red card. It would be a sin bin card. I don't know what colour it'd be, purple or whatever. Where would you place it? Would you say it'd be more relevant if someone's on a booking and you don't want to give them a second yellow to send them off or if someone commits a foul where it's not quite a red card, but it's more than a yellow? Where do you think it'd be used more? It depends because if, if there's something which isn't quite a red is more than a yellow, but it was a genuine attempt at the ball, then it's not, for me, it wouldn't be a sin bin style mm-hmm. thing. It'd be a yellow card. If, if it's not enough to be a red, it's not enough to be a red. But it's so the yellow's there for that. If it was a, a cynical trip and a potential red card, just you, you'd give him the more serious punishment. Yep. If he was, if it was like a slide tackle from behind on the edge of the box, red card, fine. But if it's something in midfield where he pulls him back or he, or he ankle taps him or something, 
10 minutes in the same bin. Yeah, I think it's... It seems a radical change, but I honestly don't think it would be that bad. No. And it can't be worse than VAR if we've seen this season. Well, yeah, and VAR's never going to unite fans. But would you go with, I'm assuming a player would only get one sim bin per game. If they came back on and did something else, they'd be off. Yeah. And would it be limited for a team? Would you only be allowed to have so many sim bins? Uh, No. It's up to you. It's up to your like. If you it's, let's say me and you're on the same team, yeah. and you get sim binned, and somebody's breaking away from me, I'm thinking I can't touch him because Fergal's still in the sim bin for another six minutes. Yeah. So I can't grab him and and stop him. I've got to chase him back. Yeah. Because then like, we're really in the shit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what you'd rather be ten men uh, for five minutes and a goal down than uh, nine men, nine for, men for another minutes, fifteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's a good way to wrap it up. We will be back tomorrow with another Football Social Daily. You can find us on social media at The Sport Social on Twitter. You can search us on Facebook and Instagram at The Sport Social. We'll show up on there. Send us your new rules that uh, Phil and Fergal have given you some food for thought <laughs> for um, and let us know. Uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow anyway for another Football Social Daily podcast. Football Social Daily Premier League updates. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.